You're listening to a Westpac Wire podcast. Westpacwire.com.au. Australia's social enterprise sector is priming itself to take to the global stage, with Brisbane set to host this year's Social Enterprise World Forum in late September. It's a flagship annual event for the sector, and to talk me through its significance, joining me, Emma Foster, is one of Australia's preeminent social entrepreneurs, Luke Terry, the chief executive and co-founder of White Box Enterprises, which is also the host of this year's Social Enterprise World Forum. Luke, it's great to be able to sit down with you and chat today. Good morning, Emma. Real privilege to be here. So, Luke, before we actually dive into the specifics of the forum, I'd like to set the scene a little, if we could, about the sector itself and about the role that you and your organisation, White Box Enterprise, plays in it. So, first, about the social enterprise sector in Australia, can you start with a bit of the basics, actually? So, what is a social enterprise? What's the size of the sector? What role does it play in the economy? Absolutely, Emma. Really good question. So social enterprises are businesses that do good. So they trade services, they sell things like any other business, but they're businesses that are there for the good of the community and they trade in different ways. So sometimes the businesses are set up as non-profits and every dollar there goes back to doing something around social good. And sometimes they're what we call a for-profit, for-purpose, and they're structured in a way so that in their functionality, they do good things. So your listeners might be familiar with Who Gives a Crap Toilet Paper, and with Who Gives a Crap, 50% of the profits from every roll of toilet paper goes back to funding toilets in developing countries around the world. And that's like, you know, that's their reason and purpose for being. They deliver a great product, um, they have great service on the other side, and it's really around every roll of toilet paper that's sold funds toilets in developing countries. Um, Vanguard Laundry, which I was involved in setting up, every time that you... Um, go to a hotel that uses Vanguard Laundry up in the Toowoomba or Queensland region, you have the opportunity to be able to support people with a lived experience of mental illness getting that first job and having the career and development support that's funded by the washing of dirty sheets, towels and pillowcases. And the sector has been growing for quite a few years now, the last couple of decades at least. Absolutely. So in the last few years, Swinburne University did some research to suggest that there's between ten to 20,000 social enterprises across Australia. Um, doing lots of different things in communities all across Australia. So that will range from op shops to businesses like Who Gives a Crap Toilet Paper or Vanguard Laundry. So they're everywhere and they're growing more. And a peak body has just been formed called Social Enterprise Australia. And Social Enterprise Australia is um, activating some research around that in the coming years that will be able to tell us more about the specifics of those businesses that are doing such great good in our economy in Australia at the moment. Okay, and how do you see social enterprises fitting into the whole economy-wide view? I think social enterprises play such an important role in our economy in different ways than we think. So they do good things. They employ people, they um, sell things, they build things, they do all those sorts of normal things that good businesses do, but they're intrinsically linked to solving some of our most complex social problems across our communities. So they're doing things like employing people with a lived experience of mental illness who may not have had their first job in 12 months or more. Um, They're doing things like employing people with a disability. So Jigsaw is a great example of that, where they're employing um, young people with a disability to do document digitization services, and that's their core purpose, but they happen to pop out a really great product. So they're solving through trades some of our community's most complex social problems. And that, for me, is they're built off the back of social purpose. And that's really an important place to start. 
And Luke, you've been working in the sector for around about 20 years or so, having started you know, pretty much before the term social entrepreneur was even really a, a thing. What actually drew you to the sector initially? Really good question, Emma. I think for me personally, I grew up in a very community-based family and doing lots of different community-based things like volunteering in aged care homes and Wayside Chapel in Sydney and a whole bunch of different places to do community good. But I also grew up as an entrepreneur, so selling Christmas trees on the side of a road and having letterbox dropping businesses and having cafes in a Westwood shopping centre as a young person. And I just had this amazing opportunity to be able to one day in my early 20s set up a social enterprise in a community. And I love this idea of my parents running community programs and having the opportunity to be able to do something good through trade was a really good outcome for me. I remember going to my careers advisor in school saying, I want to do something a bit social and a bit business. And the answer I got back was around funerals. Um, you know, why don't you work in a funeral home? And I'm going, that's not quite what I was looking for. So for me personally, um, there was just this great link and a lot of things led on from that opportunity of building that first social enterprise cafe. And can you tell me a little bit more about the social enterprise cafe? So the social enterprise cafe was in Glebe and... We got offered an old little hall um, in the back streets of Glebe. It was an old fire station and we had the opportunity to be able to get the coffee from Toby's estate and the coffee machine from Victoria Coffee and the milkman donated the milk and it was around how we created employment opportunities for women living on the housing estate that wanted to get access to first employment opportunities and the sale of coffee helped fund the operation of the community group to be able to run that, which was fantastic. Absolutely. And then since that time, you've gone on to be part of uh, quite a few other social enterprises and you got really deep when you went into Toowoomba Clubhouse and around six years ago, I think, you set up Vanguard Laundry and that's making a huge positive impact. Can you explain a little bit about Vanguard Laundry and how you thought about the approach of that business? So being in Toowoomba, what we really worked on as a community around how we would build social enterprises was saying, let's building any business is really hard. So we went out to the community and we said, give us a contract in anything and let us build a business around that. And we'd had a go at a variety of different things. So we had an anchor contract to run the boom gates at 15 transfer waste transfer stations in Toowoomba, which employed 50 people with a lived experience of mental illness. That was in 2010, 2011. And then after doing lots of this in the community, we had an opportunity with St Vincent's Health Australia where they would give us an anchor contract for 10 years. They were going to close their laundry in Toowoomba on the condition that we could work out how to raise the $5 million that soon became $9 million to build the laundry in Toowoomba. And so with that anchor contract, it gave us the opportunity to be able to do something really incredible and build a laundry and run a mental health career and training centre that was funded by the washing of sheets, towels and pillowcases. And Luke, after setting up Vanguard Laundry, you then went on to form your current enterprise, which is White Box Enterprises, uh, at the beginning of 2019. And that's got quite a unique model, uh, which you set up, I believe, to address some of the challenges that you experienced or observed in the social enterprise sector. So can you just explain a little bit about White Box, the mission of White Box and the type of challenges it does seek to address? Yeah, White Box Enterprises, we take our name from the eucalyptus tree and our job is to help nurture and grow the jobs-focused social enterprise sector in Australia. 
I had the great opportunity just when we finished Vanguard to take a Westpac Social Change Fellowship and spend time visiting jobs-focused social enterprises all around the world. And coming back to Australia, we'd realised that there wasn't much in the way of something that would just focus on an organisation that would just focus on the development of this. And so at Whitebox, we set out to do three things. The first thing was to go and build social enterprises from the ground up that would be great examples. So when we built Vanguard Laundry, we had people visiting from everywhere saying, oh, let's look at this laundry and isn't it great what you've done? And we had a, you know, we'd had some great success with people getting their first jobs and transitioning onto other things at Vanguard. But there wasn't a lot of great examples and we couldn't find more than about 50 other examples in Australia of projects like this around large-scale jobs-focused social enterprises. So Whitebox has successfully in the last three years built three large-scale jobs-focused social enterprises, and that's been a great way to be able to help deepen the market and provide more examples of how this work can be done. The second thing that we do is around innovating and advocating for the sector. So there's a couple of great examples of that. The first one is around social enterprises like this need funding, and the funding is primarily for the wraparound supports for the person when they're in the job. And when we talk about wraparound supports, it's the side-by-side -side working. It might be supporting the person to get to work, or it might be helping people on one activity that they're struggling with at work. So we're talking about social workers and psychology support and just social supports in the workplace, and that costs money. So we've worked with the federal government to do a thing called a PBO, a payment by outcome, mm -hmm. where jobs-focused social enterprises will get paid, nine social enterprises in the pilot, will get paid when the individual reaches six months of employment, 12 months employment, and 18 months of employment. And if they don't get the outcome, they don't get paid. And it's the first time the federal government have done a project like this. Um, and we're really excited about that. And that's a pilot over the next three years with 150 individuals across nine social enterprises across Australia. And if we can get those sorts of models at the moment, philanthropy funds, jobs-focused social enterprises to do this sort of support. So if we can get government to play a more active role in this, this will be really successful. And this only started on the 1st of July after two years in the making. So we're really excited about these sorts of initiatives. The third thing that we do is really around how we collaborate and partner with organisations. So there's a couple of different examples of that. Um, the first one is around property. And for property, some people go, oh, that's a little bit boring. But for me, it's around how we repurpose existing spaces to create social enterprise hubs. So the first time this happened just on three years ago is um, a Queensland government minister. They get a bit nervous when I come and see them. They say, Luke, I don't have any money. And I'm like, no problems. What budgets do you manage? And she said, really boring ones like TAFE refurbishment budgets. And we had an old TAFE building that hadn't been used for 20 years of it we'd identified. And we turned that into a social enterprise hub. And we went to really good social enterprises that we found in southern states like New South Wales. And we brought that up to Queensland and we helped fit out the building. And that was Jigsaw. So 100 young people had the opportunity to come up and get their first job in document digitization. So the repurposing of spaces is really important. We find that landlords don't necessarily want to give social enterprises that first leasing opportunity and especially in the nascent sector that we have at the moment it's a really good opportunity so we're working on eight hubs around the country at the moment sometimes we're buying those spaces sometimes we're working with government to take those spaces and sometimes we're working with meanwhile large large size corporates like charter hall to be able to say what are you not developing for the next two years and how can we take that space 
Um, we've got a target to be able to work out how we can unlock 20 large-scale spaces by 2025 and how property can be a really key part of that. They're massive ambitions. It's wonderful yeah. to see. And you mentioned that you have already built uh, a couple of um, social enterprises. Could you give us an example of one of the ones that White Box has created? Yeah, absolutely. So Australian Spatial Analytics, or ASA as we tend to call it, is a really great example of our model. So for me, ASA started when we were at the QUT Tech Hub about three years ago. White Box's first office was on the end of a corner kitchen table up in Queensland at um, the QUT campus. And we wanted to build social enterprises in tech. And we kept on saying, what social enterprise could we build in tech that would hire lots of people? So one day a professor after about three months comes to us and says, I've got it, Luke, it's spatial analytics. And I'm like, what's spatial analytics? He said, I can give you an anchor contract to hire three people to identify garbage on or waste or plastics on North Queensland beaches. So we got the contract and we went from there. And it turned out that there were actually all of this work in Australia was being outsourced overseas and that young people with autism were just tremendous at this work. Um, so one thing led to another, and in 18 months we've grown from 3 to 80 employees doing all sorts of contracts from cadastral shift analysis, which is the boundaries of houses from government blocks, um, through to managing the DFAT Smart Traveller website around the cartography services where you know, an incident might happen in somewhere like Madrid, and then a consular services will call our team and they'll have to map out what that looks like. So... Um, People living with autism are fantastic at mapping and detail of these sorts of um, services. And ASA has just been a wonderful example. Um, out of our 80 employees, 60 of these have a disability. And we opened an office in Melbourne last week. Um, we expect that we'll have 200 employees over the next 12 months in total. And it's just a really great Australian business story anyway. Um, but every time a government or a corporate partner buys our services, it just makes a tremendous impact on someone's life. And we've got a whole bunch of people in Australia that I think at the moment really, really want to have that first job. But how do we create that workplace environment where they really want to do that? Okay. And so ASA is one of the social enterprises you've built. Do you have an idea for how many you would like to see built over the coming years? I think for us, if we focus on one or two projects every year, that'll be really great. Every time we, we set up a new project, we find that a general manager is able to kick off hires someone else, you have have a whole bunch of other people saying, we can do better than this if they build a competitor out. And so if we can build 10 really strong projects, or what we say internally is five businesses that turn over $10 million a year of revenue by 2030, then I think we will have stimulated the sector for people to say, isn't this great? How do we do more? Okay, so if all of that work wasn't enough, you have also uh, been pretty instrumental in helping to bring this year's Social Enterprise World Forum to Brisbane. Uh, White Box Enterprises is, is the co-host here. So, Luke, for the uninitiated, what happens at the forum and why is it important? The Social Enterprise World Forum is this critical opportunity in Australia for social entrepreneurs, social change makers, social enterprise practitioners, and people that don't know anything about social enterprise. So a Luke Terry 20 years ago who's looking for build businesses for social good. It's the opportunity for people to connect with philanthropists and philanthropists to connect with change makers, and the opportunity for people to learn about a new business model that can really change the fabric of Australia. 
I think for me personally, it's been a four-year journey for our team and a whole bunch of other people in the sector coming together saying, now is the time in Australia. We haven't adopted social enterprises like maybe some other parts of the world like Scotland and Hong Kong and Taiwan and Italy. And there's just been so much change in the sector, especially over the last year with people going, this is our moment to really shine and bring together the right stakeholders. Some of the corporate partners that have come together, some of the government partners that have come together, some of the young people that are really inquiring about the space. We're seeing some really significant change right now in the sector. And I think for the first time for me in the last 20 years, I really believe in Australia that we can lead to a world where all business could be social one day. And the first Social Enterprise World Forum, I believe, was held back in 2008 in Edinburgh. How has it grown since then? What type of people do you expect to come along? I think when you sort of look back 2008, it was people looking for a new part and a new time in business. And in 2009, the second one was held in Melbourne in Australia. And it's fascinating because if you look at Melbourne in Australia, it's got the strongest social enterprise scene in the country, if not even the world. It's got a really large research teams based out of Swinburne, all based around social enterprise. There's a whole bunch of amazing social enterprises in Melbourne. So what we're really hoping is that this is that groundswell moment where new people are coming in and wanting to dedicate the next 10 years of their lives to doing something great in Queensland and across Australia. So out of that, we're hoping for 1,500 in-person attendance. We're not hoping we, there will be 1,500 in-person attendance. Um, and five, it'll be a hybrid event with 5,000 people online joining as well. So I think there's... There's going to be different streams for people, people coming in that don't know anything about social enterprise, people that are coming in that have been in social enterprise forever and want to deepen their experience, um, philanthropy and corporates that want to be able to buy more from social enterprises. There's a real, there's really going to be something in it for everyone that wants to come and engage. And how's the lineup shaping up? Uh, it's really, really good. So we've got so many amazing people coming along at the moment. We've got people like Dylan Orcott, this year's Australian of the Year, Daniel Flynn, founder of Thank You Water, Kate Rayworth, for those that haven't um, heard about it, she wrote this incredible book called Donut Economics, which is really worth a read. And I think it's just going to be a really good week and the build-up events as well of real inspiration around how you do business for good. And you mentioned there that Corporate Australia uh, will be getting involved again. Why is it important for Corporate Australia to get involved in, with social enterprises? We always say in social enterprise that social enterprises need three things. They need funding, so the foundations come in and wrap around in a whole bunch of different ways. So Westpac is an example of helping with corporate volunteering. They help with grants out of their foundations to really build this sort of work. So funding is the first thing that we need. The second probably most important thing that we need is how we get the right contracts. So corporates are buying from businesses all the time. And how do they be great corporate citizens by buying from these businesses? So whether it's by buying from something like Jigsaw or buying from Bread and Butter Project or buying from Vanguard Laundry, how do they really make that work? So for me, it's around going, corporates have a great opportunity because they're buying billions of dollars of stuff. So how do they put that into their supply chain? And as opposed to governments, they can sometimes do that really quickly and easily. The third thing that social enterprises need is access to finance and support. And corporates you know, have opportunities to be able to leverage access to governments and partners to be able to do more of that. So corporates are able to get really involved in this sort of work um, and tell the stories of how they've engaged with social enterprises. 
And you've obviously invested a lot of your time and a lot of White Box's time in, in helping to bring the World Forum to Australia. What do you hope that the biggest legacy is of having the World Forum here? So for me, there's a couple of things. So firstly, I hope that the policymakers around the country and even the world can come together in Brisbane in September and have a listen to the talks and best world experiences from around the world and go, this is how we want to do business in Australia and this is what we this is the environment we need to create in our communities for that to work. So that's the first most important thing. The second thing for me, equally as important, is that Young people and people that are building businesses get ideas about how they can bake in social good into what they do, and that's really vital. Um, knowing that you know people want to learn about social enterprise, but it's just going, how do I make sure that there is good in every part of my business? And I think that's a really good opportunity. And the third thing for me is connections. It's you need a lot of connections to be good at any business, but in the social business, it's that little bit harder sometimes. So how do you make the right connections? So there are three things for me that are really important out of the World Forum. Okay, and finally, Luke, for everyday Australians, how would you like them to think about social enterprise and, and how they can support the sector? I think the most important thing from an everyday Australian is if you're buying anything, just search social enterprise. You know, if you're buying clothes, go and look at just Google social enterprise clothing and you'll find yourself at the social outfit in Newtown. Um, If you're buying something for work, is there a social enterprise that can supply that? If you're having a Christmas party this year, could it be at a social enterprise? There's so many opportunities for just everyday Australians to get involved in supporting social enterprises. And even right now, I think we've... You know, we've just gone through this year, the great resignation is like the opportunity to go and look at jobs in social enterprise. There's some really wonderful opportunities. You might volunteer with a social enterprise providing better marketing support or, or IT skills. But, you know, there's lots of social enterprises that are paying really good wages to support that. And it's a they're really good career opportunities as well. So I encourage people to just go look at the social enterprises where they are and have a look at those great opportunities. Well, Luke, there is so much momentum in the social enterprise sector at the moment, which is so great to see. And you and Whitebox have been pretty core to all of that. So thank you very much for the work that you do in the sector. And also thanks for your time today to talk me through it. Thanks so much. Looking forward to seeing you there, Emma.